welcome to another episode of a thousand and one by one where each week we take a film out of the book a thousand and one movies you must see before you die discuss it analyze it and ultimately decide whether or not it should be in the book my name is adam st john my name is Britt reinholtz hobson and i am joey rogate and today uh we are jumping back in time back over a hundred years to the year of 1922 to dive into Hexen, a history of witchcraft. But before we do that, we will be giving you a couple of uh, recommendations for this week. So, you know, Joey, let's start with you. What uh, what recommendation do you have this week to go with uh, Hexen? So I went with the Blair Witch Project. Their production company was named after Hexen. It just felt like the appropriate the appropriate connection. I wanted to, you know, recommend all, you know, the wonderful new movies that are out that I, I but Blair Witch was the that's where I went. I I appreciate you staying in the spooky witch atmosphere um even with all of the wonderful movies that have come out within the last few weeks. I, I truly appreciate it. I try. This is coming out at spooky season, so we we got to keep it spooky. Yeah, I mean, they named their production company after this. Like, it just felt like they did. It, it has to. It has to be connected and go together. I mean, I will. Spoilers. That's in my notes as well. For the whole found footage, uh, tiny small found footage aspect, I wanted to talk about in this film. Uh, but I lo- I loved Blair Witch. My sister got to see it in in the cinema. I didn't. I was deemed too young. Uh, so I will always hold that against her. I don't think she thought it was particularly scary, but I remember the first time I saw it, I was I was thoroughly yeah. freaked out by that film. First <laughs> off, I hate camping, so that just did not help. And it, and I, I truly think it's a great film. So if you haven't seen it, I suggest going to see it. Adam, do you like Blair Witch? Uh, I do. There is uh, an episode uh, of 1001 by 1. It is episode 101. Uh, we actually had a guest on, my brother-in-law, Chaz, who uh, is one of the people I go to for horror recommendations. Um, he actually was a he was a film student when they were premiering it, and he actually he knew it wasn't a hoax way before anybody else did because he talked to one of the producers. Um, wow. But we all have we all share first uh, first viewing stories of seeing it. Um, I did see it in theaters by myself uh, at the age of uh, what, twelve or thirteen, and I thought I saw people die uh so yeah uh that movie uh very very pivotal uh film for me i, I love the blair witch project oh yeah i remember seeing it in the theaters it was seaford cinemas i remember leaving and you know there was just like arguments in the packed theater about who about whether it was real or not and it's awesome because that's just not a thing they just perf- perfectly use the internet before people knew what the hell the internet was i'm so envious i am so envious right now um, so Adam, what, what do you have? What uh, do you have for us today? So, you know, I'm, I'm also gonna keep it, well, a, a spooky, supernatural, it's not, it's not a traditional horror film, um, but it is sort of in the world of, um, paranormal things, um, and I Love would, it. I would with, uh, an oldie but a goodie, uh, decent reviews but i i really really like this movie and i i just watched it with melissa who hadn't who had never seen it before and i'm recommending the 1999 film so also keeping it 99 with blair witch um 
I'm recommending Stir of Echoes, starring oh Kevin God. Bacon. <laughs> Hell yeah. I have not thought of Stir of Echoes in years. In years. Oh my God. I, I was thinking 1999, what movies came out then? I was like, I really don't think it's going to be Ring, but maybe he's going to you know suggest that one. Nope, nope. Stir of Echoes, incredible. Love it. Flawless. Never change. Um, so for anybody curious, uh, it's, it's uh, of course, of course I own it, but it, it's on Tubi. It's on Prime. It's, ev- you know, it's everywhere, right? So you can see it. Um, and basically, uh, Kevin Bacon plays this guy who is hypnotized, I think, by his sister-in-law and a door is opened and he starts seeing visions of a young girl who was killed, but he can't quite place it together until the movie kind of goes along and goes along there's a very um upon rewatch there's a real shining aspect of this film with the sun and there's like a there's a whole it's funny it's one of those things where you watch the movie and it gets over and you're like okay the main part's done but it's like there is a whole world about this sun and people who can who have these open doorways to the other it's anyways um more questions than answers, but I really, really dug it, and um, it's it's Love good. It. It's just a good late '90s thriller. So, Stir of Echoes. That's my recommend. Okay, so then I, I do have a question, and yes. then we'll get back onto we'll get back to Hickson after that. But um, if you were to suggest a movie between Event Horizon and Stir of Echoes, which one would you suggest? If what you're in the mood for is like a good mind fuck, Event Horizon, and every once in a while. You you want you want that, um, I think for yeah, your that's pa- like my comfort food. Your like pass- my comfort movie. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like for somebody wanting like a passing fancy thriller that's a little more palatable, I would say I would say Stir of Echoes. Then like Horizon, you, you got to have a Brit in your life, you know. To, to ha- <laughs> you know what I mean? Like to give that recommend to. Um, but yeah, you so know, <laughs> I love that. I mean, I, love I, it. I totally mean that as a compliment. I, I take it as a compliment, 100%. I have a list of films that are like, oh, I will never recommend these to anybody. A list of films and books and like graphic novels that are amazing, but you can't recommend. And I'm not sure if Event Horizon is a recommendable film, but I probably would still recommend it because it's it's pretty harmless. Yep. Yep. To the right person it is. That's just one of those you got to know your audience. Exactly. Well, huh, there are some things like martyrs. You can't you can't go around recommending that to anybody, though. Joey did recommend Antichrist to somebody. So I guess I'm talking <laughs> to the wrong person. <laughs> I did. Yeah. And it was, again, awful. Brit, <laughs> Ruin this life. Is that your recommend? Yeah, it's definitely. Anti- no, it's not Antichrist. Um, I will not be recommending that to anybody. Um, I will say that I stayed in the spooky witch area and I gotta be honest, I had like 10 films I wanted to recommend for this. So I think that maybe around this time, I need to like release a list um, on Instagram of just like my spooky Halloween witch list that you should all watch. That so is I a, think that's a great idea. I love that. I think maybe I'm gonna do that. Please we'll do. See. Maybe I'll start doing that, you know, sometimes. Um, but I, I, I did get it down to two films, and one was a film that was about the witch trials. And one was just kind of a weird-ass witch film. And because it's spooky season, I decided to go with the weird-ass witch film. So the one that I went with is 2017's Pie Wacket. Have either of you watched this? No. I can't say I've heard of it. Okay, great. Good. It's a small Canadian film that was written and directed by Adam McDonald. And Pie Wacket 
follows Leah, an angst-ridden teen who finds solace in the occult as she grieves for the loss of her father. It's a really neat little Canadian flick that manages to build up a bunch of dread. I think it's currently available on Tubi, so if you're in the mood for a small little witch film that packs a punch, please, please just check Piwack It Out. It is... I don't know. You Just don't look at anything up about it. Go into it and just allow it to happen. It's I, I loved it. I loved it. Actually, it was on Faculty of Horror that they uh, Alex West suggested it. So I found it and I was thoroughly, thoroughly thrilled with this little witch film. By Wackett. I will say there's death and, and fire and all of that kind of stuff. So if you, you know, it's a horror movie. Right. So maybe look up trigger warnings beforehand. It's a horror movie. Awesome. Love it. You know, I'm trying not to just suggest horror, but it's really hard because that's what I love. So, uh, and it's spooky season, so I'm going to go with it. So, Pie Whack It, everybody, please go watch that. So, we have Blair Witch, Stir of Echoes, and Pie Whack It for today for our recommendations. And now, I guess we'll go ahead and start jumping in, easing into the, the film. The experience that is Hexen from 1922. All right. So I guess we'll um, go ahead and jump into our next segment. Um, hey, friends, is this movie on the uh, IMDb 250? Okay, hold on. Conf- confession really quick. Uh, yes. Generally, I overprepare. And in past episodes, <laughs> when I haven't been doing it, I've always lied. I've always, mm-hmm. I've always known. I've always known. So, but I'm, I didn't look. I didn't look Ooh. this time. So I'm, but nice. I'm guessing no. I'm guessing this movie's not on the 250. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I did not look, but I am not certain that 250 living people have seen this. So I'm going to say no. <laughs> you were both correct. <laughs> this is not on the IMD 250. I'm going to be honest. I would have been really shocked if it was. Not because I don't love this film, because right out of the gate, I'm going to tell you, I do fucking love this film. Um, but... This is a weird film, and it is not the type of film that I would expect most people to seek out unless they were very interested in a pseudo-documentary. <laughs> so so it's it's one of those things that I just, if this had ended up on that list, I would have been like, well, bleh, I don't know what to believe anymore. So uh, it is not, and um, it uh, it's also a Swedish film. So I think that we can safely say it has not been inducted into the uh, the National Film Registry, but uh, <laughs> it would be real weird if they if they did. Though I mean, I would induct it into my own film registry of weird ass movies. You you don't you you, sh- you know you could see if you wanted to. That might be a great um, gimmick for us, our own film registries. I am starting right out the gate here, and I know Adam doesn't agree with me, but I'll induct this film. No fucking problem. <laughs> I, I, we'd have to come up with a voting system, I think, to yes. you know a level of tiers, maybe a panel of sorts, uh, oh, some I impartial third parties. Like, tiers, like you have to cry in order to get it in, and I was like, no problem, no. I can, I'll turn. There'd that have to on. be rules to even get it to a vote. Yeah, I just say Joey, he hates it, so we need to put it to a vote, obviously, and we need to vote for it. It's a good system. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I guess, do either of you like lists? Pro list. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
it's pretty funny um, because I did actually find a list for this one today, this week. Um, I know that usually we go into it thinking Britt's not going to bring a list because mostly that's true. But I, I found one and it was freaking hard, you guys. It was impossible to find a, a list that included this movie, which is not surprising. This is a pretty obscure film, I'm going to be honest. And it's... I did find one on Taste of Cinema, and it is the 20 best movies about diabolism, which, if you do not know, in a very simple definition is worship of the devil, which I was like, this is great. I'm not going to go through all 20 of them because I'm going to be perfectly honest. There were a lot of foreign films that I did not want to look up their long, how to pronounce their long names. Um, it just, it, it seemed in a, just inappropriate for me to do that. So I went with 11 and I will say that I have seen seven out of the 11 films, uh, you know, from 11 to one. So if you've seen any, let me know. Uh, so, and I will say that this list focuses on the covenant, the Byzantine discussion of the devil and evil evocations, the possession, the images of the demonic, the science of exorcisms, and the delights and horrors of hell. So this is like everything I'm all about anyways. I'm so into everything that's happening on this list. So at number 11, we have The Omen from 1976. Great. Love that. Yep. Yep. Great film. I've seen it many Can't times. Can't believe it's 11. Uh, the remake, not so not good. so good. No bad, Ooh. real bad. Oof. Let's, we don't talk about the remake. We, uh, just... we, we do on Below Freezing, so if you want to oh, check that fair. out, it's over oh, there. Yeah, That's an appropriate let's Below Freezing. Sure great conversation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we have at number ten, The Beyond from 1981. It's a Fulci film. Have either of you seen this one? I've not. It's great. Okay, I highly recommend it. I believe it's on Shutter. It's a it's a weird ass film, but I I really. I, I think everyone should go check out The Beyond. Um, at number nine, we have Angel Heart from 1987. I don't know this one. That's, that is De Niro and Mickey Rourke. I have not seen that, but I've heard it is very 80s. Dang. Oh, see, I love a good 80s flick, so maybe I'm going to have to check it out now. Neon Satan? Mm. <laughs> Neon Satan, you can't get better than that. Um, At number... Eight, we have Night of the Demon from 1957. At number seven, we have Lucifer Rising from 1980. At number six, we have Hexen from 1922. I've heard of that At, one. I've heard of that ha- one. Have you heard of that yeah, one? Yeah. yeah. It's actually, um, crazy. I think we're going to talk about that one now. No shit. Um, that's what I prepared for. Okay. Thank God. All right. All thank right. God. Okay. Um, at number five, we have Onibaba from 1964. Which I, I love Onibaba. I haven't. Ah, uh, look at me. I'm the you only have, one out. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen I it. I almost, I almost put it on the list for next year, but then I, I decided against it. But dang, I do love Onibaba. It's really good. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. I think it's very good. <sighs> we need to talk about that film. Um, at number four, we have Rosemary's Baby from Ooh, 1968. Good one. That's great. Yeah. At number three, we have Faust from 1926. I'm I'm uh, familiar with the play. 
Yes, I'm very familiar. With, so, okay, I haven't seen Faust, but I am very familiar with the play. So I was like, I, I know what it's about. I know Faust. I'm familiar like with none of it. Every theater so. person knows Faust. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to hold you. <laughs> That's okay. We'll we'll just send you. Uh, we'll send you. One of us probably has the script somewhere. I mean, it's one that you get in school. Yeah. Is, oh, is it really? It's like. It's the theater oh, professor. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. That's like a base text for everybody. In the. Well, what and and there's the there's the there's the Goethe version, and then there's the Christopher Marlowe version. So mm-hmm. it's yeah, there it's yeah. At some point, it gets beaten into your head. Yep, exactly. There's like you know a handful of twenty texts that you'll definitely hear about in theater school, and you're definitely going to hear about Faust. Okay. Number two is the Devils from 1971. I just recently saw this like a year ago. I, is a film. I would love to quick, just quickly tangent. I have not seen it, but Ian raved about this movie. And one of the things that I got to do when I was back in Washington is visit Liz. And one of the things that she let me do was uh, take a substantial amount of Ian's movies oh, wow. back with me. Oh, wow. Um, and he has uh, the X-rated original UK version of it I, that I'm very, very, very excited to watch that I believe has been out of print print basically since the day that they issued it. Um, <laughs> oh, this film has so much. Oh, that's so, so cool I, though. What I'm so really fucking excited to to delve into that one. Wow, that's awesome. I'm, I'm so so glad that that that's so that's a great thing to bring up, and that's yeah, that's perfect. Amazing. Perfect. That's amazing. I can't wait to hear what you think of it. It's a fucking weird film. I need to stop swearing. I apologize. <laughs> it, I was a dick. That. Yeah, listen, it's it's Thank it's you. a Satan day. You're allowed to curse as it much is as Satan's you want. Day. Ha ha ha. Praise Fuck him. Fuck all. Um, we can cut that. Uh, but then uh, number one, no surprise to anybody, is the Exorcist. Hell, I, you know, I was going to comment on the shirt, but I assumed it was going to come up at some point. So. Honestly, I actually forgot that um, this was like number one on the list. This was just the shirt I was wearing today because I love The Exorcist. It's one of my top, like probably top five films. So I realized this this might be dated by the time this episode comes out. What? Uh, and I, I don't, listen, I don't like trailers. Uh, but when I saw Oppenheimer, I did see the trailer for the new Exorcist Same. film. Yeah. And uh, Brett, have you not seen that? I refuse to watch it because if it's good, then I don't want to know anything that happens in the film. I know who is in the, I know who's in the trailer. I already know that. Um, But also I'm not on board with this film happening. So um, I don't really need, need to know. So I'll I'll probably, I mean, honestly, I'll probably go see it in the cinema, but I don't want to watch the trailer. Okay. I just don't. Okay. But you can say your piece about it. It that doesn't bother me at all. Uh, I just I I oh, I agree with you on it and, and being kind of unnecessary. I I I will definitely check it out. That's what I would say. Yeah, I mean, I was. I think it's unnecessary. I had no intention of seeing it, but seeing the trailer before Oppenheimer, I said, I was like, oh, I'm gonna see that. The trailer yeah, kind of pulled see, me in a bit. I didn't see Oppenheimer. I did see Barbie twice, but I I didn't I didn't I didn't go see Oppenheimer yet because I just can't can't do it anyways next up before we jump into Hexen, just full force did either of you find any reviews you'd like to share with the class uh i did find morden hall's original Ooh. new york time which is 
Listen, I can read the whole thing because it is like a basically a paragraph. This is all this is all incredible. And, and because of, you know, it being foreign and old. So Morton Hall did not see this film. It was not reviewed in the New York Times until 1929. So some time passed. Not surprising. And he wrote, Superstition receives a jolt this week in and this is funny because this is what it was called before the um, documentary, Witchcraft Through the Ages, shown at the Fifth Avenue Playhouse. This film of the supernatural delves into the mechanics of sorcery, revealing the devious machinations of the devil from a steam model of hell to an orgy of Satan's disciples. Benjamin Christensen, author and director of the film, depicts various types of witches, their work, and their subsequent trial and burning at the stake. The picture is, for the most, for the most part, fantastically conceived and directed, holding the onlooker in a sort of medieval spell. Most of the characters seem to have stepped from primitive paintings. That is it. That is the whole thing right there. I feel like that's pretty solid. There like, you go. Yeah, I don't hate that. Yeah, you dictated what happened. Kind of. Kind. Yeah, kind of. But, uh... I'm not as sure much if as you can. I don't know if Mordant Hall is is helping sell any tickets with this review personally, but I mean, let's be real. I'm not sure if somebody knew the plot of this movie, the 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 outline of this film, I should say, it would sell tickets to this film. Um this is a very niche film and as I was watching it, I was like this is delightful and I love it and I don't know anybody else who would enjoy it as much as I do. Basically is what I was thinking as I was watching this film. Uh but that was I feel like that was a pretty solid review. It's good. He didn't bring up the pencil pointing anyway at all. <laughs> Missing a big part of the plot device, just a finger. <laughs> Read here, folk. This I'm underlining it because I don't trust you. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing yet. So here's a pencil pointing at a thing because this is what you need. And I'm making fun of it, but I loved how absurd that was. <laughs> I, I was obsessed with it. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I'm going to make fun um, of it a lot, though. <laughs> oh, please do. I mean, it deserves that. But it also is a, a pretty incredible piece of, of history. But anyways, I do have one review. I have no idea where it came from because I saw this in many, many, many different articles that I read. And I tried to find wherever they found this one tiny like this tiny, tiny sentence. And I couldn't. So I would just say that most places say that in Variety in 1923, somebody somewhere wrote, wonderful though this picture is, it is absolutely unfit for public exhibition. And that is the review that I choose to share with you both here because I go, yeah, okay. I can kind of see where where they're coming from at this point. My response is, nerd, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Am I the nerd or is that person? The person who's like, oh, you can't put this in public. Like, shut up. You can't put it in public. Fucking Um, loser. Well, I mean, it just goes back to like this movie was so censored when it came out and was censored for years. And I don't know. Let's have a conversation about censorship a little bit later. Um, We don't have to have it right now while I go into the uh, info about Hexen. Hexen is a... Swedish silent film released in 1922. It was directed and written by Benjamin Christensen. Going forward, I will try my hardest to pronounce these names correctly. The cinematography was from Johan Ankerstjern. Um, editing was Edla Hansen. Set decoration was Richard Lowe. The cast includes Benjamin Christensen as the devil. And I'm not going to do everybody because this film is just 
all over the place. But I will say that Maren Peterson played Maria the Weaver, the witch. And you know what? Those are the two people that I'm going to call out in the cast. Is there anybody that you think that I missed? The pointer. The pointer. Well, that was probably Christensen. So he's been called out multiple times. I know. He deserves the credit for it. He really made sure that our eyes were going to the correct place, especially when there was smoke everywhere. He really wanted to make sure we knew where to look and which we, he wanted to know that if we saw the people who were, you know, being like piked through through their um, orifices. And he wanted to make sure that we could see the people who were getting um, <laughs> sulfur poured down their throats. So he was really looking out for he us. He was. I respect it. Obviously. I really respect it so much. Um, so I guess I feel like it would do an injustice to this film to discuss it without kind of explaining what it is, especially for my sister who has not seen it because we all know she listens to the podcast and she doesn't watch the movies. So I, I think maybe I should um, explain a little bit about what it is. So it's a documentary style movie that explores a history of Western witchcraft, the persecution of witches by the church, and it ends with the director's thesis on why Western witch hunts happened and continue to happen. Part one is a lecture about the belief and witchcraft about belief and witchcraft through the history of the Middle Ages. Part two introduces us to medieval superstitions around witchcraft, including Satan coaxing women out of their beds, love potions brewed to seduce the pious, etc., etc. Part three, four, and five follow the accusations, confessions, and ultimate demise of accused witches who are tried and condemned by the church. And part six and seven kind of attempt to explain these old superstitions and theorize that witch hunts were caused by lack of medical understanding of mental illness. Part six focuses on the torture aspect of it all and then part seven kind of brings us into the 1920s is there anything either of you would like to add to that some description of of this film i I did no research going into this and it's very jarring as it switches back and forth um because you just it, it it switches a lot and yeah i mean i have very different feelings about every part I'll say that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, of course. It's a really bizarre film because I don't think that it can really be fit into any genre. It's not a documentary. It's not a pseudo documentary. It's not a found footage film. I would say potentially it's a precursor to found footage. Just in general. It's its own thing. It is. It's its own thing. I don't. It's also it also made me feel bad because it's 100 years later. And we're not much smarter. Oh God! You know what else? Yeah, you know what else I thought about? Because my so by far my favorite part was the last part when he was like, "Hey, this is like the medical explanation for this." And me being, you know, a pragmatic person, I like the medical scientific part of it. I was thinking, I watched. Um, you guys have seen uh, Paradise Lost, the West Memphis Three documentary. Oh yeah, How the, you know, yeah. The, you know, because fake satanic panic got these three kids sent to prison for. So long, I was like, oh, no, we're, we're not much better. And people are getting their news off Facebook now. Like, we're in a, it's, it's, we should be a lot better. 
But so I like the last part is so good. But I, we're jumping ahead. But that that was just where my head kind of initially went to as being unprepared for this. Um, it's the for, to be completely honest. For the first, I had to rewatch the first twenty minutes because I was like, "There's no way this is the thing I'm supposed to be watching." So I had to like go back once I because I was doing so much research while watching it to make sure I was right. That by the time I realized that I missed twenty minutes, so I, I started over. That's fair. I mean, the beginning is pretty bizarre in a good uh, way, I but I was say, it was in a good just, way. You're not prepared for it. No, no, it's kind of like. I don't know, while I was watching it, I thought like, oh, this feels like a YouTube video that I've just like stumbled across and I'm not quite sure what I'm watching at first, but I'm enthralled by it. Um, Because going in, I had seen portions of this movie and I knew a lot about it, but I'd never actually sat down to watch the entire thing. And so, I mean, I knew what was going to happen and I still was like, whoa, okay, let's let's back it up and and look at this again because what because the opening was just a little bit baffling to me um even though I knew it was coming I still really enjoyed it uh but it wasn't what I anticipated so con- confession time um so at the end of uh at the end of our last episode on which I believe was on Evil Dead um you were talking about we we prefaced that we were going to be doing Hexen and uh and and you you very much said some comments about me not liking this movie, and uh, and then you said something about to Joey about make sure that you don't watch the shortened voiceover version. And so two things: one, that version is also included on the Criterion <laughs> Collection, nice. if, if you want it. Uh, and second, that is what I had watched. That's uh, what you watched for today. Okay. Th- no, 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 in the press, I had watched in the <gasps> past. Oh shit! Okay. So Great. my only experience with Hexen was the Burroughs witchcraft through the ages, which I I have to say, just by comparison, is god awful. Like I understand people finding these and going, this one's only seventy five minutes, and wanting to watch that one. I would just implore you not to. I would anybody who's listening who might have a faint interest in watching this movie, don't cop out and don't watch the VO witchcraft through the ages um yeah that, that i didn't i didn't watch it but i did do a lot of like I, I did research on the differences uh of it and from what i gathered they spliced they, they tried to make it as funny as possible basically they were trying to find the comedy oh, in it and then they made it incredibly misogynistic and a little bit pro-church whereas what? the beauty of of Hexen is the fact that they're calling out the hypocrisy of the church and it, it ap- yeah. they absolutely try to make it funny. Wow. It's, it's, this isn't it's a funny movie. With, like when the devil pops up, it's more like, do, 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 do. like it's way, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it feels way more like, a, Oh, the, that's the devil. And doesn't he look silly with his tongue out and stuff? Like they really do try to ham it up. Oh, that's, which, that sucks. Yes. Yes. That's that's not that's hey. not whatever you think about this movie. That is absolutely not what this movie is saying. But you know, people aren't good at watching movies, um, and I, I, I learned that. <laughs> I heard a conversation after Oppenheimer last week that someone fighting with his friends, and I was like, I don't know what you just watched. Like it was objectively, it wasn't like an opinion. It was he thought parts of it that happened before things that very clearly didn't that were five years after. And they say that numerous times. People are bad at watching things. It's true. People are. And, well, 
and people can have their own opinions about what they see. Like, sure. Like, all art is subjective, right? But factual but timelines is different. Like, yes, factual timelines is definitely different. Satan and being funny think- in this is wrong. It's wrong because I think that, it, you know, when, the first time he pops up, which is in when he's, I believe the first time that like Christensen pops up as Satan is when he's like coaxing the beautiful woman out of her bed. And it is a bit jarring. It's like, oh, wow, he's, he's, that's kind of funny because it is the, the medieval depiction of him with his tongue out and just kind of like leering. But every time he shows up, he's more sinister. Like when he's churning butter, which is very obviously supposed to be him masturbating in the corner. Yeah. That's that's disturbing. And and it, also when he goes up the chimney, like for 1922, great effects. Like that was awesome. I agree. Uh, and it, the idea that you can go into this film and try to find the humor in it when it is based on something that really did happen, um, full... Full disclosure for you all and for the people listening, this is a period of history that I really um, research a lot. I research on my own by myself because I find it really fascinating. And um, I also am very interested in the occult and in uh, and in Wicca and in, in many, many different aspects of things that are kind of touched on in this film. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to choose this for this for us to discuss because it's something that's within my own like little history bubble of what I enjoy. And it was kind of, it was interesting to watch these, like a a 1922 perspective of finding the, uh, the hammer of witches, researching it and trying to put what you, what was gathered from that information uh, onto screen for the first time ever, Uh, which I'm not sure if it was the first time it was ever on screen. There were many, many other you know, silent films going around. But I, I feel like this is one of the more prolific ones. And uh, and I, I just really genuinely enjoyed that aspect of this because I do like this. I don't like this period of, in history, but I think it's really important and we should still be discussing it because it's obviously still affecting us today. Uh, I, I wanted to just read something from one of the essays uh, in the Criterion uh, collection, just because I think, because we were talking about how you would, how you might, categorize uh this film um and so it says hexen might might more fruitfully be considered a different type of film altogether seven years before ziga vertov's man with a movie camera and more than 60 years before chris marker's sans soleil christensen invented in hexen what has become known as an essay film oh uh and uh, then it says later on, uh, Christensen stated, I would like to know at this time whether a film is able to hold the public's interest without mass effects, without sentimentality, without suspense, without heroes and heroines, in short, without all of those things on which a good film is otherwise constructed. My films consist of a series of episodes that, as part of a, mo- as part of a mosaic, give expression to an idea. I also have that in my notes. Great, hey. great poll. It's, it's such a great <laughs> it's very quote. very smart. Um, It's one of those things, and I don't want to keep like harping on this, but it does feel like it's predating the YouTube essay. <laughs> like, if you want to find something out, like go to YouTube. You're probably going to find somebody who may not be a scholar, but they're going to be somebody who's at least interested and knowledgeable about uh, the thing that you're looking for, and you'll probably find it. So I feel like we've witnessed like the first YouTube video. <laughs> 
it's kind of cut together like one, you know? Yeah. I mean, it is. It, not it great effects. Is. Yeah, this, the title cards just kind of move you from, from place to place. Yeah. The pointer, I have watched so many videos where they just like stop. I think there was one specifically an Evil Dead one where they stopped and they just had a whiteboard behind them going, okay, I had to interject here and yes. show you the time. I watched the same video. <laughs> it's a good it's video, a great like, video. Really good video. Um, Is it better like, than Evil Dead? Yes, uh, for you probably. I okay. think that ah. Evil Dead's great, so okay. you'd right. probably enjoy it. Okay, good. just because it's um, it's trying to make things more cohesive, whereas I feel like Evil Dead's not that cohesive. It's great, but it's kind of all over the place. Um, but it it does feel like this is the dawn of the YouTube video. This this film. I I love that because it's 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 very fitting <laughs> somehow. Yeah. No. So, what uh, what what are your guys' first thoughts? Like, I want to know. What you felt when you watched this film or what what did it inspire for you? Did it did you want to go do some research on something? Was there something that stood out to you? Like what what grasped you in this film, if anything? So I think when I was done, I, I, like I said, I love the last part about kind of looking at how, you know, all these things that could have been explained, you know, all kind of rooted in you know the evil witches, you know, clearly just a misogynistic tool. But whatever the thing I think that like knowing myself like all right if i knew that was it i would have known that was my favorite part i wanted the um kind of like the documentary part to be longer and because i i loved a lot of like the images of it like the um my favorite shot of the movie is the um the medieval earth and the layout of the stars like i thought that was awesome like i wanted that to be longer like i I really liked the way they showed it and they kind of evolved it and, and then and honestly the 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 like the silent movie part a lot of interesting pieces but that i would have definitely cut that to make the other two pieces you know i know it's seven parts but you know documentary and then you know silent movie i i i would have definitely taken that to kind of expand the other two oh that's I can see that that's interesting i thought part one was painfully too long um i actually wanted i wanted less of that okay um yeah, I could have lived but, there. I I was I, you know what, I don't know a ton about it. Like I know the overall themes of it of the like the you know, the evil witch, the repression, all that. But like I didn't you know, it, it was all very very kind of sh- shallow what I know about it. So I like learning about new things. So it was very interesting to me where like it got me and I liked the music. That helped. Joey, I'm going to send you a book after this. It's called The Witch and it is all about persecution um persecution persecution of witches in history it doesn't just focus on western uh witchcraft and it's fascinating and it 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 goes into everything that you're you're interested in it specifically goes into what i found most interesting on this re-listen was going into where the christian idea of witches came from because it came from so many different places um it was just like everything in christianity it was an amalgamation of all of the things they were trying to squash it's all pagan it's all pagan stolen it's all pagan, yeah. And but it, it goes even farther than That's that. Interesting. It goes back to like the Sumerians. It's pretty it's Oh awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely so check that out because I'll, I'll send that to you because it's really good. Um and if you like that kind of stuff, that's my bag too. Yeah, so. and com- especially about which on paper I would have like if I if I did research before this, I would have thought that the first part would have been, especially looking at the time, would have been where I was like having trouble. But man, like the monk and the love potion stuff. 
the creepy eyes got me, and where I was just like, uh, like I, I Marie the Weaver. I'm all in. I'm, I want Marie the Weaver solo story. I would want. If, I want them to remake that right now. I think the three of us should write that and make it. I love her, and I want that movie. But I, I think just a lot of parts of it just really. Not that there's not good parts within the the the, the silent movie part, but parts of it where I was just having a lot of trouble. You were saying something before I interrupted you to talk about the witch. So oh, please, it, Adam. It, it, all good. Um. I, I but I, I I agree with I mean my, my favorite part is not the the end but I really liked where where it goes I was rewatching parts of it just before we started re- recording and I jumped to part seven towards the end and I I think what is surprising about this movie is how how devastating it is yes um there's a there's a moment where Christensen is basically making the the correlation between where some of these older women would go now, like nursing homes, and um, versus how and how they would have been basically persecuted for being witches back in the day. And he shows three separate women. He he shows a woman who has like a sort of an abnormal hump on her back. He shows a woman who has who is who is shaking, and he shows a woman who I think is essentially missing one eye, and. I it's so it's there's just music playing and he's that's his title card about like these women basically would have been per- persecuted and he shows there he shows them and I literally it's so funny to say this not funny but like I, I was almost crying and I think that this what this movie has the power to do when it's working its best when it is going more documentary style versus like the storytelling aspect of it is to just show you like this is how people would and could be treated and um and i think one of the only downfalls of this movie is the fact that unfortunately it it was made in 1922 and that we can't and that what christensen would have done is to still show where women are in in terms of how they're they're seen and that's like that's that's obviously not a real downfall cuz he made this in 1922 but i think where Christensen was going with it, I think he would have continued to show, like... I agree. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%, because it, it was... <laughs> I rewatched the end right away, because I went back and I was like, oh, oh, shit, it, it hit hard, and it was well done. It's really interesting, because Christensen actually had a trilogy he wanted for this. I'm not sure if either of you saw that in the research, yeah. but he wanted to do three movies. He wanted Hexen, The Saint, and The Spirits, but... The Saint and the Spirits were never made because this was such an expensive film. It was the most expensive Swedish film, like a, a Swedish silent film. I think in today's standard, it would be somewhere around like $10 million, which doesn't seem like that much. But it's for what it is, that would be extremely expensive in 1922. And the thing about the ending is that it is... I completely agree with both of you that it is really hard hitting, um, but it's it's kind of a simplification of the reasons why we had these um, these witch trials because it, a lot of it was ageism and a lot of it was um, the inability to understand mental health, but some of it also came from the church being the uh, not originally being the the people who were medical professionals, then becoming medical professionals and deciding that women could no longer be midwives because they would make sure that people were surviving and they would provide abortions and they would provide 
um, things that the church didn't understand. It also um, it also doesn't on. talk about. <laughs> we, yeah, we certainly moved on. People can definitely have the right to choose, right? Um, oh, that's sarcasm. They sure don't. And it also doesn't talk about something that I found in the in research of this, just that I found really interesting. That some of the witch trials were actually over land, so women um, women had more rights prior to the uh, Malleus Maleficarum coming out, which is the hammer of the witches. And they actually did have like rights to land and they had rights to property and, and, and their own wealth. And then as Christianity became the norm in Western, uh, in, you know, in the West, it, women were seen as, as incubators, scary. Yes. And so they started taking those things away. Another thing was the rise of capitalism, which was really interesting because when serfdom and like nobles and the serfs were a thing, serfs would have vast lands that they lived on in a village. And then when capitalism became the norm, those vast lands could be like where you could put cattle. So how else do you get rid of the people living on there? But Oh, they're all witches, right? So there are so many different things that went into this time in history that we have not learned from. And it's just the fact that they hit on that one thing back in 1922 and we're still pretending that that's not true now is just it, it actually like my my stomach dropped as I was talking about that all because it's it, this movie's from 1922 and I think it's really important like we should be discussing this. We should be discussing this part of history. Um, and that's not even going into other other witch trials from across the globe, because this is a phenomenon that's happened all over the place, right? It's not just in the Western world. It's everywhere. I'm, just, I'm, free the witch. Listen, I mean, this. You know, we, we've all seen Barbie. I mean, Adam, you saw Barbie? Oh, I sure did. Yeah. And, you know, people went to a movie about Barbie and are calling it anti-men. So it's clearly not. And if that's how you saw it, you're, you're, well, you're one of three things and none of them are nice. So I'm not going to say them here, but they're not nice. So, you know, are, do, you, do you have like, is Ben Shapiro waiting in the wings to come on? Like, is, are, is, is he, Christ, is he like an extra, it's, it's oh, that fucking, I... fucking douche. But so, you know, people are watching that and like people just can't handle it. It's just, such it's violent like, insecurity that oh this it's first of all not an anti-men movie actually pro everyone but it's this is how people take it like we haven't moved on from this these like very repressive ideas of of power and dynamics and structure it's so it's it's so stupid and then when you were not don't think that way but you see it it's it's like oh man it's oh stupid because like listen some people if satire doesn't work for you if they say you know they felt the movie was preachy i don't agree but i'm not going to kill you on that because whatever it didn't connect that's fine but to just be just to completely miss the point again people are just so bad at this shit where like i feel like every hundred years we should this movie should be upgraded to be like hey have we learned oh no oh no we're still oh no okay like you know and, and i think about guys who say shit like oh a woman can't be a leader because she's too emotional and then he'll go buy a pack of bud lights to blow it up because they gave a beer can to a person on tiktok and it's like no like like that level of just like 
lack of insight is so interesting because it's just you, you're choosing. But then when, you know, like, Britt, you're talking about this and like, like I said, I know some, but not not enough, not as much as you should. But like, there's so much like it's it's way more. It's it's just sticking with what we've been doing and just not wanting to evolve. It's it's one of those things where I don't want to like I, I feel like I'm preaching to the chorus the choir by saying this but like the patriarchy hurts everybody it doesn't just hurt women it literally hurts everybody if it was about horses though. um <laughs> oh, if only it was about horses but it's it's true like I, I think that's such an interesting comparison uh because it is it, both of these things are showcasing that this that the patriarchy only works for one specific group of people and it's whoever is in power and whoever has the most money and in the Middle Ages, that was definitely the church. The church ruled everything. And I love that this movie was censored because it was mean to the church. <laughs> love the love that when it was like, no, it's actually just showing what the church did because they did actually go and and persecute. This is a thing that happened. It's not fictionalized. It's a thing that happened. It did end up going into secular courts at some point, and actually the Malleus Maleficarum was more popular in the secular courts than it was in the church for quite a while, and then it they kind of like is that, came together. I didn't know that. Yeah, the Malleus Maleficarum is... I did a lot of research on that misogynistic book, too. I will be honest, I did not read it, but that's because a lot of other people have read it, so I don't have to. I can just go find on YouTube. I can just go find somebody who did, and they'll tell me all about the uh, the penises that went like disappeared apparently. Because half the book is about penises that disappear. But don't worry, the church says they can come back. That's good to know. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, witches make penises disappear. Just so both of you know, it's just. Apparently, what happens, um, according to uh, some guy named Heinrich Kramer, who uh, was just all in all not a great man. Did either of you do any research on him out of curiosity? Did not. No, but I was about to say something awful that we would have had to edit. Oh, so I'm very can, glad I called myself. Absolutely say it. Nope. It. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, man. But. <laughs> I also like when he talked about how, because he, I think he did a good job in the, the six and seven of kind of accounting for like why things happen and talked about like, oh, well, people, you know, admitted to being witches. And it's like, well, yeah, they were tortured and mentally ill. Maybe let's think about this. And maybe those are other things that we should look at today. But also, and he didn't even say, and I, I also think he kind of was like, all right, I don't want to really piss anybody off. He's not even like, I'm not saying there's no devil or there is a devil. I'm just saying like maybe... Let's be a little, you know, maybe Satanic Panic was dumb in the 1400s. In 2023, we're just embarrassing right ourselves. Yeah, so. We're just right in Satanic Panic again. Always are. But, wow. I didn't think we'd start at the end, but this is completely my fault, so I apologize. <laughs> you don't need to apologize. I think it's a great discussion. I'm having a great time. Well, and it's 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 so interesting because I've spent an entire summer working on shows where one of them is all about the church trying to have control over what women can do with their bodies. And in the other show that I was in, it's all about how our the how our U.S. Constitution is not doing enough to protect women from violent crimes. That's and that's really at the core of what the, those shows were about. So then 
watching this movie with kind of all of that going on in my brain at the same time was interesting. And then because I was just in the theater world, because I can't help but not bring it, you know, I, I bring it back to, to, to theater. I couldn't help but think of Blanche Dubois um, from, from A Streetcar Named Desire, who absolutely would have been tried for being a witch. Absolutely, 100%. And, and I know that's a weird thing to bring up, but I was just, I couldn't help but, I just thought like, 1951, when the movie comes, like, right, when, when, when Streetcar comes out, like, if this shit was still going on, Blanche Dubois is accused of being a witch 100%, 10 out of 100%, 10 times. 100%, yes. And, and the entire reason, well, and, and she has her whole thing that happens before she arrives at Stella and Stanley's, but, like, Stanley is the one who's basically like, I'm, you are a witch. I'm accusing you of being a witch, and because of his fucking badgering through the entire film, guess what? She's basically convicted of being a witch, and she's taken off to some some mental health facility at, at the end of the show. And it's it's just it was you know because I was just, just in this whole summer of theater stuff, and I just couldn't help but make the correlations between this movie and other modern day examples. And yes, nineteen fifty one is not modern anymore, but like that that I just screamed out to me of like yes, absolutely that would have happened. She would have been a witch and Stella would have been a witch by association. Like, that's what happened oh, at this eventually. Time. Yeah, down the road, Stella absolutely. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Because if Blanche didn't give her away, because that's what people did. They they were tortured. They were put in thumb screws, which I don't know if either of you looked that I up. I did. Jesus Christ. Yep. And they were put in, in many, many different torture devices. And then they gave up people. And it's kind of incredible if you look back. Some of the people would um, would do what they could to work against uh, the people that were trying them. So they'd say, yes, I did go to the unholy Sabbath, but everybody was masked so I couldn't see them. And then when that wasn't working anymore, they would just start naming people who had already died. So they couldn't take anyone else in the village because what they would end up doing is they would go through whole villages. And by the end of it, if there were 50 women in the village, there would probably be maybe five left. And... Um, and so, so women did try to fight back, but they just didn't have any power, especially when you had like witch finders coming. Oh God! Oh man, witch finders. There, there was a moment to to bring it to to Maria the Weaver, uh, and and her, her just fucking just devastating story that we get when by the by the end of her story when she's um kind of fabricating that she saw the devil and 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 was there and saw people. It was the first time in any story, like whether you, whether all you know is the crucible or you know more than that, like, right? Like whatever your level of, of this, the witch trials were, yeah. this was the first time that I, I saw this and I was like, I now understand why somebody would say that somebody else was this. And, and, and it was like, was it right? Probably not. But I, I was empathizing so much with her. It was like, she's. She's old. She has no idea really what's going on. And is she kind of getting some revenge on the people who were fucking mean to her a little bit? But like at this point, she's been so beaten down. It was the first time where I was like, I I see it and I get it. Because usually it's you either read about it and sometimes facts aren't as hard hitting as something theatricalized or it's, you know, it's the fucking crucible. And it's like, OK, well, this is a bit much. But also but like this just hit a lot of opinions about the crucible. So <laughs> I bet. Uh, but it, it just seeing her break down and just kind of make up the story was just like, wow, 
it just it again it hit so hard i agree with every single thing you said she was my favorite part of that whole um like the the story part and it was very effective very very effective I, I totally agree. And honestly, rewatching those moments, because I've watched this movie about three times, because full disclosure for everybody listening, we've tried to record this episode <laughs> multiple times and had to cancel. That, uh, that's me. That's this guy yeah, right here. And, and I think me, it was a team effort. Right <laughs> was it, it a team was effort? It was a team effort. Oh, I guess oh, we yeah, both did. The first we both time, did. The first time yeah, I okay. had an emergency. All and right. Second, so, you know. And so I've watched this movie probably four times um, since we started trying to record this episode. And it hits every time when like I'm even kind of getting teary up thinking about it uh, like Mar- Marie is such an incredible character and the fact that he apparently found her just like selling flowers on the road and brought her in to be a part of this production I think speaks speaks a lot for Christensen that he could help to kind of give voice to the the women who are nameless uh, not women it's not just women there were m- women children men many people perished during this time uh the eight million might be too many let's be real i think he over exaggerated that number but we don't know because none of it was written down so so brit when i was in grad school i took a i took a class that focused on two british playwrights one was harold harold pinter and one was carol churchill and I wrote a paper on Vinegar Tom, which if Joey, I'm sure you haven't heard of Vinegar Tom, but Vinegar Tom is also a play about witches and, and the witch trials. And when I was researching this time in England, I did find a book and I, I'm, trust me, I'm not, I don't know what it is, but like it was like actual, the court cases of what was written down. And when you read wow. some of the reasons as to why people were being accused, it is like some of them are so petty. I mean, it is like this person's chicken was bigger than mine. So she must be aware. I mean, and, and like this is not what the movie focuses on, but like there was like you go back to that satanic panic. Like it was just like it was I, I'm yeah. going to I'm going to screw my neighbor over. That's what I'm going to do. And 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 some of these more kind of harrowing stories get lost in just the sheer like you know like the the sheer um just how outlandish some of these yeah exactly yeah it's it was a big panic and there came to there was a point where the church actually had to say like stop killing women for being witches because they're not because it was so because you could make money as a witch finder, let's be real. You could go into town and be like, oh, I'll find your witches, but you got to give me a certain amount of gold, uh, which is disgusting, in my opinion. And I think in everybody, let's be real. Yeah, I don't think anybody's like pumped I, on I, that. I was, I was going to say, like, listen, I know I could be on the wrong side of things from time to time, but that is not one I'm going to die <laughs> it's, on. Right? It's one of those things where, like, you know, we can disagree on politics, but we can't disagree on human rights. So, like, if you don't agree with that, I don't need to be your friend. Um but there's, they actually have been trying to give back the names to some of these women um, who have died. And and there's one that really stuck out to me. Her name was Lilius Addy. And I could be saying that wrong. I believe she's Scottish. So um, I don't know. But she's in a coastal town called uh, Toryburn. And she was an, an older lady who was charged with evil doing by her neighbors and this is all like written out in um in the the court records 
And she was tortured for a long period of time, but tried really hard not to give anything away and tried not to give a confession. And she ended up perishing in captivity, probably because of suicide, but they're not sure. And they would not bury her in consecrated ground. So instead, they went out into the ocean when the tide was out and they buried her body underneath a rock. And just put like a stick down. So whenever the tide came in and out, you could see where the where she was buried away from the church. And she was a church going lady. And recently they found um, her skull had been lost for a long time, but they did have um, like sketchings of it. So they gave her back her face because they wanted people to know like this was an, an elderly lady that was not a witch. And this town Put her, like basically caused her to take her own life due to these accusations and it's those kind of stories I'm getting a little bit teary I'm talking about it. it's those kind of stories that are really really important and it's those kind of stories that this movie is uh, like without without this movie I don't know if I would have researched that and come across Lilius Addy like it's this this movie did open up even though I've researched this a lot it opened up a lot more for me because I had to, right? I had to know where this was coming from, which is, I think is great. I just wanted to share the Lilia's Addy story because I, I just feel like sh- her story should be told. Yeah, no, that's a great story. And I, I care about Lilia's Addy. You know who I don't care about? The church? No, I don't care about that. But I don't care about Apple-owned trying to grab the coins that she couldn't grab. I don't care <laughs> about that. I that She's come on get get us to the weaver. Apollon does not need to be there. I when she's sitting I there enjoy that to be completely honest, when they didn't let her into the party, I was like, yeah, I wouldn't let her in either. Rude, but she probably would drink all your booze. So yeah, yeah, which maybe is pretty fun. But no, she seemed like oh, she seemed like a tough hang. She did just like fall asleep on the ground, but she probably didn't have anywhere else to sleep. Tough hang, tough hang. I didn't, I, you know, they really got, you know, Marie the Weaver, just absolute grand slam. Apollon, like violent, embarrassing strikeout. <laughs> Is she your LVP? Whoever decided that that needed, that like seven minutes needed to be in my face, it's there. I don't know. I enjoyed that seven minutes i was into it i was fine with I, it I, because you know what the, the monk tough the monk stuff the monk tough the monk stuff monk and the love tough? potion like i didn't love it but like whatever oh, i hated that yeah it was stupid but it was like all right it was like kind of funny in a way it shouldn't have been but like it was like i was fine with it even though it was a waste and didn't need to be there by the time we got to apollon i was like i can't believe there's another hour and 20 minutes of this like what is this gonna be and then it turned marie the weaver Pulled me back in, but really, man, part two was tough. I will say, and part two is when my unsung hero came into the fold. Um, and my unsung hero, I feel like I usually give my unsung hero away first, and that's fine with me. It's Richard Lowe. The set decoration for this film is freaking phenomenal. I agree. Like, I adore it. Going into set two, like the the uh, part two, when you walk into the... the the witch's lair. It is so well done. It's the, the detail that is put into that like place that these witches like live. Awesome. It awesome. is 
incredible. It's such small details that that seem insignificant, but it really does make everything feel complete in this film. And I I, I think that goes across the board throughout the the whole film. Oh yeah, when uh when there I think it's part five, it could be four or five when Maria is describing what she sees. And then there's the, I don't know what it is, but there's the model of the arms that open and that reveals the door. That was fucking dope. Awesome. That was okay. really cool. Awesome. I guess I can just say my favorite scene is uh, the witch's Sabbath. What other scene could possibly be your favorite scene? Because it's incredible. It's it, so good. The, I mean, there, the, the, I believe, what is it? Um, I want to get the, what are the, what is, what is this person referred to as? Is it the, the devil's grandmother? Uh, which I believe is the cover of the Criterion, actually. Which is God, oh, what yeah. a what a fucking what an image. Killer um, band name. I mean, it's incredible. Killer band name. Ooh. Yes, yes, the oh, Devil's yeah. Grandmother. Um, I want to be the lead singer of that band. God damn. When, when, the Devil's Grandmother is holding the dead baby. Oh my in God. her hand, I was like, I, I I was, and I'm like, trust me, I realize it's just a fucking doll, but like. The it it hit hard. Yep, so good. That was my that uh, you know on upon my, my my third watch of this. I first I thought like my shot of the movie was going to be the first time we see the devil because it's such a surprise when he it's pops so up. Good. But nope, it's when 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 DG is holding that baby. I am uh, I am I'm wrecked. Uh, I'm I, it, so in agreed. it. Agreed. Oh Oof. my god, the fact that they did it, like the fact that they filmed that scene is just mind-boggling to me because it's obvious that it's a doll but that doesn't that doesn't matter it doesn't change anything no it doesn't it's so good and i almost had that as my favorite shot and i'll just give you my favorite shot my favorite shot is the flight during the witch's sabbath it's It's a great shot it's a great shot (laughs) it's so good the fact that they like created a whole town and a carousel awesome and like invented the technology to be able to do it it's just beautiful and it's one of those things i'm like i'd have that on my wall in a heartbeat right next to the baby about to be boiled like let's be real (laughs) It's amazing. Just wouldn't tell my nephew to come over. It's fine. Every frame of painting, right? Every frame of painting. So you brought up the devil. I just, I have a question for you both. This is a pretty great depiction of the devil in, in media. But do either of you have a favorite depiction of the devil in a film, in a book, in a graphic novel, in a TV series like... Is there something that stands out to you as like, this is the devil? You can say the devil in Hexen because that's pretty, that's top for me, but it's not my favorite. I do have a favorite. Yeah, mine will always be South Park. <laughs> Come on. I love it. Always. I freaking, I, I also love the robot devil in Futurama. I've never seen Futurama. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I haven't seen enough to know to know who that is. Yeah, yeah that's another favorite. Apparently, I like cartoon devils. There There's nothing wrong with that. I'm gonna give. I have two because I'm gonna give a real nerdy. There, there's a great play by Stephen Adley Gerges called "The Last Days of Judas Iscariot," and oh, it's a great play. It's the so de- good. The, there's a devil character in that, um, who I believe was uh, performed on stage originally by Eric Bogosian, um, which would have been amazing to see. Um, but and and this this guy is only the devil for a little bit in this movie. Uh, but I love him so much as a character actor. I'd love to see him more. Peter Stormare plays the devil in Constantine. Oh, is that, that yours? Was- 
that was okay i have two but that i literally have it down here yep when he has the tar dripping off of his oh, toes it's and so he comes great. down and oh. he pulls the cancer out of his lungs. That's oh, awesome. It's uh so great. So great. It's so good. Those are my two I, quick hits. My mine is th- that, uh Constantine Forever. I'm a Constantine apologist. I will oh, watch me, that is Me too. Yep. It's up there with uh Event Horizon. I'll watch that movie anytime. <laughs> I love Constantine. Um it's terrible. I love it. If they made a second one, I would buy tickets immediately. They I'd should. Sit. God, they should. God, it'd be so good. Oh, it'd be so good. Um, it would be bad, but yeah. and I know that, but I would love it. Um, but also, the other one is Black Phillip in The Witch. He uh... is sexy, diabolical, incredible. You see him so briefly, but those brief moments. Oh, I don't even really like butter that much. And when he says, do you want to taste butter? I'm like, yes, I do. Please, butter my toast. Give me okay. so much butter on that toast. Okay, Joey, I know you're going to hit us with another one. But I, I wanted to answer your question with a question. Because, and listen, I'm, I, this, is, that, this is a patented St. John cheeky thing I'm going to say here. But I have to say it because I thought this multiple times while watching the movie. How good do you think the devil is at going down on a woman? Because holy shit. <laughs> I I was getting quite a tongue. I was getting a bit. I was like I'm getting a little flustered watching this. <laughs> I got to be honest, man. He's and then when he's turning the butter, I'm like the devil is just a horny as shit. Yeah, they did all of that real listen, real strong. I brought I brought it up. I know I did, but I couldn't. Come on, man. No. He is There's- just. Dude's a stud. The, Absolutely the devil, knows the spot to hit. The devil like, is in a does. convent with a bunch of nuns? Dude, he hit that place on purpose. He, he yeah, knew. For yeah, sure. And, oh, he knew what he was I'm doing. He, he, was, he, was, he was converting. He was doing some converting. And he was, and he was winning. I'll sign up for that Sabbath. Black <laughs> forever. Uh, he was winning. I can't believe you went there. But it's a correct point. I appreciate <laughs> appreciate the fact you went there it's a correct i mean they were all kissing his ass literally that one woman dug right in there she she that was an appreciative linger on his ass when she went in there i don't think that that woman was acting i think she was i think she was all she was like i came here to work (laughs) came here to work and i'm gonna work it on that ass hell yeah and good for her i think you know what christensen was probably all about it too like they were trying to get away with as much as they can it's correct yep it was one of those things where when, when Maria's describing the events of the Sabbath and like, I was like, I, what, where is this party and how do I get invited? I wanted to be a part of the festivities. I, Maybe not the baby just, killing, but you know what I mean? Like, right. Well, you could, you could like take the baby elsewhere and maybe you could be like, maybe no more baby killings, more like cunnilingus. We could just get there. Like that's just awesome. rock out I'll, there all day. I'll play yeah. the flute. I'll be the guy hitting the, I'll, come on, just. I'll be a spec- I loved Pan. I loved Pan when he comes out. Pan like, was great. He's just dancing Pan around. Was great. He's basically just wearing like a merkin. Like, oh my god, incredible! Like my favorite, one of my favorites. Not my favorite mm. moment because it has to be the witches. Because my god, the witches flying over the that was a great scene. sky was amazing. But oh my god, I mean, like I, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I got to bed at eight thirty, so witches' Sabbath seems really late for me. I'm not sure I could stay awake that long but man i'll dance naked under the moon that sounds great like why not that sounds like a great time i'm into that like yeah i mean this and this sequence like this is the moment of the movie where 
And like, no wonder the church hated it. Cause like when they were stomping on the crucifix, I was like, Hell yeah. that is holy shit. Like that was a ballsy fucking yep. move. That, that was a striking visual. Yeah. I am a lapsed Catholic and I don't believe in any of that shit, but I'm not sure I could stomp on a cross. I feel like I'd still have guilt doing that. So watching somebody else do it, I was like, good for you. Yeah. Whether I'm not sure I could do it, but yes, I don't believe on believe in it. But I also don't want to stomp on other people's beliefs. It feels shitty. So you know what? But like visually, the also stomps on your beliefs all the time. So like eh, tip for tat. <laughs> I get it, but I don't like to lower myself to others. Fair, fair. Wait, I have one more devil that I just thought of. Um, Ooh, tell me. Um, you know. It's, it's everybody's favorite Dave Grohl playing the devil in Tenacious D in the music video for Tribute and the Fair. pick of destiny. And Dave Grohl Fair. being in anything always deserves love. I have, I have another question for you both. Oh, yes. Let's do it. Big surprise. Big surprise. But um, so we, we talked about our favorite devils. Do you have a favorite witch in media? Because this has obviously this whole movie is about witches and witchcraft and and the devil and everything. But the witch is a pretty prominent figure, especially in film. Um, there's a, an awesome, again, I love YouTube. There's a really incredible, uh, if, lovely essay that I found called Witches and Films by Modern Girls. And it's all about like, it's all about witches through the history of cinema. And it just got me thinking, do you, do either of you have a favorite witch? And it doesn't have to be in film because mine's not a, a witch in film. Um, it could be in any type of media. It could be in folklore. It could be in um, a, a, a book. Like, what do you guys like witches? Um, you know, the first thing that comes to my head is um, definitely based off, you know, formative years of my age, but um, the, the witches from the craft. Oh my God, I love the craft. That so came much. to mind too. Yeah. It's so, though apparently my sister, shout out to Erin, she recently watched it and said it wasn't as good as we remember, but I don't know if it's, I believe her. I have, it's not. I have no intention of watching it ever again in my life, but when I was like 12 to 14, fucking dope. So good. I loved them. Yeah. Yeah. The, it's funny because I, I, I thought about this a little bit, you know, because it's hard to not go to some of the real, like, like the witches from the Wizard of Oz, which really don't feel like witches or right. not in the way that I guess maybe we've learned them through through pop culture. Um, but the craft comes to mind. Practical Magic comes to mind, which is freaking a, love Practical a Magic. Give big, me Midnight Margarita. Oh, Practical Magic time. got a little beat up on our Twitter spaces for Best Picture cast, cast Sub 50 draft last night. You uh, know what? How Melissa, dare they? Melissa's a big fan. Out. I know she was really Again, nice to it, so I think everybody was like, ah, <laughs> stop being mean. <laughs> Be like Melissa. <laughs> Melissa, I stand. I stand practical magic 100% of the time. But I can't say that I have like the one iconic one that stands out. I mean, yeah. Other, It's like, because like the other, it's like, it's the big nose, green, hag esque, you know what I mean? From like, from like Wizard of Oz. So I don't. Yeah, I don't really know. And it's a lot of it is from everything I'm thinking of is like kind of like the idea of witches involved in like, you know, like the conjuring or different. I don't know. Which is really weird. Let's be real. The conjuring blames which like blames everything that's happening on a witch and also on the devil, right. like on like a demon, like specific different demons. So it's like, come on, Lorraine and Ed, you guys were 
frauds. Well, yeah. But uh. what, what, I don't know. Like, I feel like Suspiria should come to mind more, but it's not really. So I feel like you know, I'm like really digging for that. But like that should have popped up first. Suspiria is so good. My actual favorite witch in media comes from folklore. And it is a lovely, lovely witch named Baba Yaga. Have either of you heard of Baba Yaga or Baba it, Yaga? Baba Yaga. Yeah, well, that from John Wick. Yeah. Isn't that what they call? I th- yes. <laughs> oh, I feel like you just fucked up her her whole flow. <laughs> oh no, no, it's true. Um, Baba Yaga shows up in everything. Recently, uh, Neil and I have been hate watching The Witcher. Um, and for some reason, Baba Yaga shows up in that in the second season. We're like, where did this come from? We don't know. Why is Baba Yaga here? Because she's a witch that everybody knows. But Baba Yaga in like Slavic folklore is my absolute favorite. She's a witch that leaves, lives deep in the forest in a hut that sits on two chicken legs. She flies around in a pestle. She wields a mortar as like a, a, a like a weapon. And she eats humans, usually children, that are unable to complete her tasks. And one of my favorite things about her is that she's super morally gray. So she will <laughs> wait. Wait, you if you... <laughs> the, the, the baby eater is morally gray? Yes, because the babies are not able to complete her tasks. She will absolutely 100% help you, but only if you're able to do the things that she asks you to do. And if you can't, she'll eat you. And she tells you that. Before you start the tasks, so like, do you have a choice like, yeah, to compl- you. Do you have a choice to engage with a, the tasks? You have a choice. You have to seek her out. If you don't seek her out, she's not gonna. She might not come find you. She might come find you if she's hungry. Let's be real. But I'm. I feel like we're leaning towards dark. The, the, this is a real dark gray. It's a very dark gray, but still gray. Uh, um, I am. Sure. I'm obsessed with Baba Yaga, and I. She shows up in so many different things. She's in. Um, she was in the newest terrible Hellboy. She is in a ton of like lore throughout comic books and throughout movies. If you just look for it, like I said, she was in The Witcher. She is such an interesting witch, and I just. I just really love her. So I wanted to bring her up briefly because we're talking about witchcraft in this um, in this episode. Anyways, that's my that's my witch that I love. Nice. I also side note, I also recently bought a shirt that says Barba Yaga and it's a Barbie house with Barbie legs um, because I needed to buy some Barbie merch, but I also needed to keep it on brand. So I love that that exists. I say, God bless the internet, right? Yeah. God bless the internet. God bless my husband for sending it to me saying, I think you need this. And I said, I sure do. And bought it immediately. It's unbelievable that someone made that. Like, I love that so much. Someone's just as creepy as me. (laughs) Who knew? Right. Well, um, so I've talked about literally my favorite shot, my favorite scene, and my unsung hero. So, um, Joey, what's your favorite shot of this film? My favorite shot is the medieval earth and the layout of the stars. I I just... Right, you did say that. Yep, you did say that. I think that was just so cool and, like, I was just all in on it. I I just really found it interesting and that's been the thing that stuck with me. I find myself thinking about that a lot. I mean, again, we've been kind of building up to this for a few weeks and watched it a bunch, but that, like, that image has stayed with me. I've looked it up in other places and just kind of thought about it, so I, I really dig it. It's pretty incredible. I really love it too. It does stand out even amongst the other um, like pictures that they did photograph to 
point a uh, a, pencil. a pencil. Didn't even have a pointer. Just a very just sharp a pencil. pencil. You know, with all the money they spent on it, you think they could get a really stylized pointer, right? And it also led me down a very weird rabbit hole of pencil sharpeners through the ages. Excuse me, what? Yeah. Um, and around this time, it would have been literally just, you put a pencil, you put a razor blade at the bottom, put the pencil in it, and rotate the pencil, and just, it just like the straight razor blade just cuts it along. Um, yeah, I, I found, did research from, they started in like the late 1800s, mid 1800s, and yeah, yeah, that was about an hour of my life. I mean, that's fair. I, this is so funny that you bring this up. This, it's related in a way. So my, my kids were very bored today, and I was like, okay, how about this? We, we are literally, we're like one mile from our, like our main grocery store. Like, we're going to walk to Meijer. We're going to walk. It'll be nice. We'll get there. I'll get you some. I'll get you like a snack, and then we'll come home because there's a few things I needed to get. And like by the time that we were walking back, they were like, oh, my God, how do people do this? <laughs> what did – like – why why couldn't we just drive? Why couldn't we just do it? And I the the sheer fact that there was a point in time where people were taking straight razors and like sharpening a pencil. My God, I have so much respect for people who grew up like before the nineteen hundreds. Oh my god. You're the real champs. You're the real heroes. Yeah. You only lived till you were twenty, but they were <laughs> They were you know, twenty lived till they were twenty two. Let's be fair. They were productive years. You would not have had the time to look up a hundred years worth of pencil sharpeners in those days, or else you would have died. <sighs> My dad um, oh. used to take a knife and just sharpen our pencils that way, so our pencils would be really jagged and like just be like a box, basically. <laughs> I don't know why he did that. We had pencil sharpeners, so it's very confusing. If my father's listening, can you tell me? Can you tell me why you did that, Dad? Can you tell me as well? Because I am curious. That, that seems like a choice. Like someone bets you that you had to do it and you could never tell your kids. I can still distinctly remember him grabbing my pencil, going out to his workshop in the garage, and, and literally grabbing like a razor and doing it. When I was like, I think we have a pencil sharpener. But I was, you know, what, six? Pfft, I don't know anything. Oh, dads. Please, please do it. My dad would be excited. He might not even remember that he did that, but I'll have to ask him. Um. Anyways, okay. So we have favorite shots. Adam, did you say your favorite scene? Uh, I, I think it's all of the Sabbath. Although I really do like, uh, I do like the scene where, and I, and I don't know the character name, so pardon me, where the mother of the young child is being coerced into kind of admitting it. I, I think as scenes go, I like that would that worked really kind of well um for storytelling i listen i and for unsung hero i almost went with the production designer like you did um which but like i i really have to give it to uh marn peterson just i just so good. oh my god just it just it her just her like and and way to cast a face when like when she was before she admitted like admitted what she did wrong i used air quotes for people who can't see um just her face was doing so much storytelling. Just Incredible. magnificent. Yeah. She's also my unsung hero. She was so good. So good. 
I loved her. She was well, one thing that I found in research that I thought was really interesting that um, so, you know, he found her on the street corner, apparently selling flowers, whatever, asked her to come in. We don't know if that's true. It could be wrong. I mean, her performance is so good. I just don't know if I believe that. But I'm I'm choosing to believe it because why not? Everybody's dead who is in this movie anyway. So they can't tell us one way or the other. And uh, apparently at one point she turned to Christensen and said, I've seen the devil. He sits next to me at night. And that just stuck with me because we've had these discussions of the devil being next to us or sitting on us for years. I don't know. Um, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast or not, but it's not a big deal. So I have sleep paralysis. Oh, which is I think yeah, you, I think you have mentioned that on the pod. Yeah, yeah, I have sleep paralysis. I've had it since I was like four. It's not that big of a deal. But um, they think that there are a lot of pictures of like demons sitting on people's chests. And it, it's been said that people think that is a depiction of sleep paralysis from a time when people couldn't understand that. So and and sleep paralysis is many, many different things. It's you can have auditory hallucinations. You can have visual hallucinations. I usually don't have any of those. It's only when I'm really, really stressed that I have like a visual hallucination, which is wild. Um, But but it's so interesting hearing that and going, oh, she was probably suffering from sleep paralysis. Like that's that's probably what that was when she saw the devil on her windowsill or something. And I just think it's so interesting that that continues to this day those kind of like groggy middle of the night visions that you can't really trust and you put a name to it and for her it was the devil for me it was a ghost when i was little my cute husband um tells me to wake him up when I have sleep paralysis. And I'm like, well, I can't because I'm paralyzed. But luckily, he's a really light sleeper. So if I'm making any type of like weird noises, he wakes up immediately. It's great. Have either of you ever had sleep paralysis out of curiosity? <laughs> Just because. Why not? I have not. I don't. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't think so. You know, it's not pleasant. But when you know what it is, it's fine. You just wake up and go, oh, shit, I can't move. Yeah, that's 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 not great. It's fun. I just stay um, up for very long periods of time, but no. Well, see, see, and that's the thing. Like, I don't, I, I can't stay up. It's already, it's set, it, right now when we're recording in uh, Pacific Standard Time, it's 7.59, which is getting pretty close to my bedtime. Uh, but I'm trucking, I'm trucking along, you guys. I can do this. Yeah, I feel real bad for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's super bad. I know. <laughs> Child, child-free woman over here. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's eleven in the premiere time zone, and um, yeah, I'm gonna be up for a while. Oh God, what time do your kids get up in the morning? Early. Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> seven. Which isn't bad for kids. I'm very lucky. Yeah, but speaking of that, is there anything else that I've missed or that you two would like to touch on? Um, touch on about Hexen. I don't. I don't know. I mean. I... I feel like we really, I don't know. I feel like we all had our, our, the things that we wanted to say. And I think we got them. I mean, I feel good. I I just, yeah, I just have, I mean, I'm just glad I, I I didn't think, or I came to the realization that the shitty voiceover version is not the, is not Hexen. It's not. (laughs) I'm going to be perfectly honest. When I, um, I like re-listened to all of the episodes after we decided that, you know, you invited us to be a part of this show. And I remember you talking about Hexen and it was after I 
had um, already decided that it was going to be my movie, one of my movies for this year. And I was like, oh, no, sorry, Adam. I am. I apologize. So I'm really glad that you were able to um, make a discovery about it and realize that you watched the wrong misogynistic version. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, really, I mean, I'm good otherwise. I, I said my I said all the things I wanted to hit on. I, I feel real good about this. This was a great. I mean, I feel like we could keep talking about this, but I feel like we would just be going over the same points like over and over and over again. So I feel like maybe we're ready for we're ready for the question. Um, I'll start in the same order. Joey. Do you think Hexen should be in 1001 movies you must see before you die? I absolutely do, yes. I think this is a very unique, cool thing that just... I, I think, like, pieces of this would need to be made to make this. Um, and I think it's it's relevant today. I think it's used today. Um, I mean, Blair Witch is just a direct comparison again. I think there's a lot of things um, I, I really... You know, did all of it work? But no, for me, no. But that doesn't matter. I, I think overall, I think it's something people should see. And I think it will make you think. And I think it's just, yeah, I just, I'll be, you know, I go into things with an open mind. And I was just like, I was not looking forward to this. And I was wrong. I'm so glad that I was able to surprise you with this being a lovely, lovely film. Yeah, because I was like... So lovely. I was like, what the fuck? And then it was starting, and I was like, oh, no. But, yeah, you know, it, it, it got me, and it worked, and I and I went, and I, I want to read more about it, and that's, you know, that's the best sign of something. So, yes, I think it absolutely belongs in the book. Incredible. I wholly uh, appreciate your answer. Adam... What about you? Do you believe that Hexen should be in the book? You know, I definitely feel like there are times where we'll watch a movie and it's like because of its historical relevancy or like something like Treasure of the Sierra Madre, right? A movie that's been built up so much over time. It's like you have to see it and it has to be good because that's what we've been told and um, this is one of those movies that uh, uh, the answer is yes. I do think it should be in the book. Um, and it's everything that Joey just said, but also the fact that it can still have such an emotional reaction. Yeah. Um, and the fact that like, it looks really good. Yep. Uh, and we didn't even talk about the, um, the the sepia to blue tone shifts, which are really cool. There's some really, really good filmmaking happening beyond the fact that it's an interesting story and it's told in a very unique way. There's some really cool filmmaking shit going on here too. So a hundred percent Hexen should be in the book. And that is three for three because I 100% think this book, this movie should be in the book. I think it is so unique and it's historical inaccuracies slash choices um, don't negate what this film is. It is so worthwhile of your time. Maybe do a little research into it because you really can't spoil this movie for yourself. It's it, it's an essay. It's it, it, it's an essay by an enthusiast and I highly recommend it. 
to anybody who is interested in in filmmaking from 1920s in I don't know silent films or even just in witchcraft please check out Hexen it is well worth your time and I think that's it. I think we I think we did Hexen, y'all. I, I gotta say, I think if you were taking bets three for three yes in the book prior to seeing this, I think you know, you're taking the heavy under. Yeah. Yeah. I assumed this would be another host and I was ready for it this time. See, I assumed this was gonna be another lighthouse and that I was gonna be the one uh on the <laughs> on the outside. <laughs> I had no idea. But I am so glad it went this way. Me too. What a fun discussion. Thank you for joining me. Well, and 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 for everybody listening, so you can find us on 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 whatever is it, fucking X, Twitter. I don't give a shit. Uh, I Instagram. hate that it's called X. <laughs> it's so stupid. Hate it. Um, and you can you can find us in all the places where you listen to podcasts. And I know we got the brief tease, but uh, maybe we, maybe we can hear a little bit about what we're going to cover next week. Or next episode. Yeah, so next episode we'll be doing Frankenstein. Yay! Keeping it spooky. Keeping it spooky. Keeping it spooky as we can for spooky season. This uh, is so, coming out in October, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I think it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna keep it. Uh, we're gonna keep it black and white. We're gonna keep it classic, and we're gonna cover we're gonna talk about frankenstein um but uh until then i am adam i am brett and i am joey and we will see you from frankenstein's